Welcome to the Flycast, musings and adventures on and off the water with Misha Gill. Today, some unforeseen circumstances allow Misha to join a trip into the high alpine areas of Colorado, a trip that many fly fishermen wish they could take. There's hiking, there's fishing, and some close calls. Enjoy. 2021, Friday, July 23rd, high alpine lake adventure. I'm here with my buddy Blake in Denver, sitting at a breakfast bar at a restaurant called Snooze in Union Station, where my law clerk's dad previously helped develop this property, so we had to come see it. Thank you for obliging me, Blake. And we are going up to 11,500 feet today. (laughs) It ain't gonna rain. We're going to go up Deer Mountain in the Sawatch Range, about three hours west-southwest of Denver. So I just arrived last night. We are scrambling to get out of town. Blake feels all discombobulated because we have not packed. (laughs) But Blake did do our safety plan, and we emailed that to relevant parties, so that was good. That was good. It's all coming together, buddy. Blake, tell tell me a little bit more about what we can expect up at 11,000. 500 feet. Incredible views. Sweet. Hopefully lots of fish. Yeah. Lots of little fish. Very hungry fish. Hungry fish are good. Incredible views. So we're kind of sandwiched in between Mount Massive and Mount Elbert. Right. I love that Mount Massive. Yeah. Both of those are 14ers. Cool. Heavy probability of afternoon thunderstorms. Yes. And up there, they're going to hit early. Okay. And you can fully expect very little oxygen up there. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. going to do great. Yeah. Oh, man. Coming from an elevation of like 20 feet on the Potomac River in Virginia to 11,500 feet practically overnight. Yeah. Now, my, uh, my friend Eric told me a, a trick that uh, I'm employing, which is to go to an IV infusion bar and get a cocktail of vitamins and minerals and you know just a drip bag blake's shaking his head he's like you out of towner <laughs> they got your money <laughs> they got they're getting my money 150 something dollars of it sheesh but it's worth it's worth if i don't get encephalitis cranial encephalitis is something i would like to avoid thank you very much you would have a lot yeah that'd be bad <laughs> who knows if that's even at all probable i'm, I'm blessed that i have not previously been all all that super affected like i've been to Vail and been okay and anyways i brought an eight and a half foot five weight my full flex super fine touch orvis rod which is a sweet little rod you know eight and a half foot is a little short for a five weight that is like your all-around trout rod but it's a great great rod and i got a seven and a half foot three weight as well there is going to be a stream are there going to be any trout on that stream you think blake do you have any idea how big this stream is Probably not. Half moon stream? Probably not. Probably not. Probably, probably no fish? Breaks. Probably pretty ephemeral. There's a bunch of lakes out around yeah. on the way in. On the way in. Well, yeah, and we've got that so alternate fishing plan that we're going to camp near. We're going to have two other lakes to go explore about a mile away over a hump, you said. Half moon lakes. Half moon lakes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have a pretty long 4x4 four four kind of experience in your... What kind of car do you have again, Blake? You have a Toyota 4Runner. 4Runner. 
tricked out. Lifted? It is. It is lifted? It is my dumpster of cash. <laughs> it took here. a suitcase of cash and put it in the car. Yeah, but it's awesome for camping out the back of if, if weather gets really that bad. But yeah. it would be a little tight with three dudes. It would. So we're meeting your buddy Paul, who's That's your... That's why we brought you a tent. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm a little bony. I haven't met Paul yet. We picked up the backpack from him that I'm going to use and going to pack. He sounds like a solid dude. Really looking forward to meeting him and spending time with him in this beautiful place that I'm going to be serendipitously. I was supposed to be in Belgium right this minute. And the fact that I'm not in Belgium is a tragic accident. I was supposed to leave last Saturday, and on Thursday, I discovered that my passport was expired. And so my wife, Brooke, is over in Europe right now without me with Teddy and my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister and my sister's boyfriend. What a sinking feeling that I had when I discovered that information. And it's really funny because there's a picture. There's actually a picture of that moment because I discovered it when I was at the Identico place to get my TSA pre-check and I used my passport as a proof of identity. They scanned it in, you know, they were like, oh yeah, we don't need your driver's license if we have your passport. And then she was like, oh, actually, yeah, now I'm gonna need your driver's license. This is expired. I was like, oh God, I am effed. And then, they, <laughs> and then we took a passport photo and it's just, you're not allowed to smile, so every negative emotion that was coursing through me at that moment is visible on my face. It's a hilarious picture in hindsight. It turns out that the passport renewal division of the State Department is under a lot of strain right now because of COVID. And they're 120 days behind on processing at least. On the inside, you could get a passport renewed by expedited service in five to six weeks. I tried to get this, my senator and my congressman involved and it just wasn't happening. It wasn't a true life or death emergency. I have a 92 year old grandpa over in Belgium, but he's in decent health. So we, you know, there's no life or death part of that calculation that would say, yeah, I need to go over to Belgium right this instant. I need same day service. And it just wasn't possible. It just wasn't possible. So I've been scrambling. It's been the most frenetic week in many, many years. Um, but it is what it is, and I'm making the best of it. Part of that is that this serendipitous trip with Blake and Paul cropped up. I said, hey, Blake, you're around town next weekend. And he's like, no, nah, I'm doing this camping thing. Oh, wait, do you want to go on this camping thing? I was like, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I want to go to a high alpine lake in Colorado. I have United Credit. Let's go out there. So that's what I did. Serendipity. All right, Blake, cheers to you, buddy. Cheers. Reporting back soon. All right, we've had a plot twist. First plot twist. We um, were going happily up the road and we had another few miles to go and then we see the road closure signs. Unexpected road closure. Just uh, an extra four miles that just got added onto our hike. Gonna be about seven and a half miles. Blake is bemoaning the fact that he had a second beer at lunch. That was definitely that. unfortunate in, hind in hindsight. Second, second beer at Linner. <laughs> Uh, you can hear the thunder going right now. We've got some storms moving in, but we have about four hours until daylight ends. Four and a half. Four and a half. Four so, and a half. four and a half. Four and a half. 
so we're gonna we're gonna press on up there and see if we can't get these miles under our belt and if we have to finish in the morning we finish in the morning no big tragedy there, Diener. say that again sometimes you just gotta give her you know you just gotta suck it up you gotta look, give her look at what's in front of you yeah you gotta give look her. at how fortunate you are to to have the opportunity in front of you and then you just gotta you gotta give her you give her yeah yeah you go around that corner and you give her well we'll see how this goes we're all the way packed up and we're gonna be heading up the mountain. Just gotta put on our jackets and our rain clothes. All right. July 24th, 2021, my 34th birthday. I'm sitting here next to this unnamed lake at the foot of Deer Mountain. And I'm, I've gone halfway around the lake and had over 20 encounters with fish. It's a lovely little lake. It's got all cutthroat. We have very nice conditions right now. It's like partly cloudy, little wind, yeah, drizzle here and there. But the fish are happy and they're cruising and they're coming up and eating off the surface and they're coming up really close to the shore, which is fun. I've caught numerous fish within a foot of the shore including my best fish of the day which eh, probably about 15 maybe 16 it was a long snaky thing had a big head and uh, it took a prince nymph about six inches off the shore i kind of cast mostly on the shore i saw him and it's all sight fishing i've caught almost all my fish deliberately casting to them fishing with the prince nymph occasionally i would toss it out there and do like a real slow hand twist retrieve and that worked. That, there were fish that would take it. Actually worked pretty well for some of the bigger fish cruising the deeper shoreline on the campsite side of the lake. Oh man, a cutthroat just rose not even six feet from where I am in all of eight inches of water. It's crystal clear water. A lot of the bottom is pretty featureless. The best parts have some wood and there are some rock scree kind of piles underwater. They're eating off the surface, probably midges, I would imagine, primarily, but they're also on the lookout for these terrestrials, and so I've been fishing an ant on the surface to them. I fished an Adams, a parachute Adams, with a chartreuse rib first, and that worked, but I'll tell you what, they come after the ant. They'll move from six feet away to chase the ant. I, I put it right on top of a fish's head at one point, and the fish stood on its tail to come up and eat my fly, and came at least two thirds, if not all the way out of the water. Cool moment. Yeah, the best fish in here are about 12 to 14 inches. Told you about that better fish before. And I've seen numerous eight to 10 inches as well. I've gotten to the point now where I'm actually kind of cruising by the, the smaller fish and really just trying to target the better fish, you know, something 12 inches and above. They're great because they eat off the top and you can sight fish to them and it's really, really, really fun. I'm gonna continue to go around this unnamed lake and see what else there is. I fished in a U around the bottom half of the lake and that's probably the better habitat. The top of the lake looks a little shallower. I'd like to tell you about the hike up yesterday because I'm sitting here at 11,500 feet right now. And we started at about 10,000 feet, so that's a lot of vert to gain. It seemed like we got all that vert at the very end. We must have gotten 800 feet of vert. So anyways, I'll start at the beginning. The beginning is 
when we showed up to the campground thinking we were going to get to drive four more miles and the road was closed to do maintenance and so we had four more miles to hike so we had left ourselves ample time to get up to the campsite but now with a seven and a half mile hike it was a bit of a push and right at the bottom we got a little delayed just because there was someone who was missing and his family was like have you seen are you going up keep an eye out for zach and i pissed blake off because i would randomly shout at the top of my lungs zach interrupted one of his cool stories one time anyways it it was just all in good fun so we started at the bottom concerned for zach because zach was missing his spectacles and didn't really know where he was probably he was probably lost and hopefully they found him we didn't ever see him we saw lots of other people but we didn't see zach so then we're hiking 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 up the up it's just a road basically at this point and it's not that big a deal so the first four miles were pretty quick then we get to the trailhead and it starts to get obviously a little more technical there was a big question as to when we would leave the trail to try and bushwhack up to this lake and it took a lot of deliberation and staring at maps and my goodness having technology makes this all so much easier although it does make you more deliberate we chose our spot to exit the trail and it required crossing over the stream north half moon creek got our feet a little bit wet there it, the rain actually held off it was pretty nice there was some rain at some points but it never got so heavy that it was really uncomfortable so then we cross north half moon creek and now we're in the bush and we're staring at this rock ravine crevasse that we're going to try and traverse up and my goodness it was steep and technical and a scramble at one point we found this ledge and it looked looks like animals use it it looks like you know maybe bighorn sheep or deer or elk or all of the above use it and it was a nice flat thing with an amazing vista we keep walking up 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 and i'll tell you what this is when the altitude really began to affect me i was starting to slow down i was fighting for steps before this but oh my goodness the final 200 yards i had to drop my pack at about 200 yards from the lake which was our destination and it was getting dark and it was the only way that I was going to make it to camp and then I was in the hurt locker I just had to rest and let the other guys take care of me and feed me and give me tea and let me go to bed early and then we spent a nice night in the tent and it was not too rainy just a little bit of drizzle and yeah I'm very grateful to Blake who is an EMS technician and Paul and they're both just wonderful outdoorsmen. So they were just super, super duper people. All right, I'll uh, get their impressions when they get back. Right now they are trying to summit Deer Mountain while I fish. I felt like I did not need more altitude and I just want to fish. But they wanted the summit, so they took off and hopefully they don't get rained out. We're having some ominous clouds here and a little, you know, some sprinkles that just started sprinkling again. So hopefully they get up there without incident, up and down, and don't get turned away by the weather, and they get their awesome summit view. It's supposed to be an incredible view, even better than some of the 14ers in the area. And we're sandwiched between two 14ers, Mount Massive and Mount Albert. So saying that this is a better view than those is pretty remarkable, and it is absolutely gorgeous up here. The plants are incredible. 
the trees, the wildlife. We didn't get to see as much wildlife as we were hoping because, you know, it was raining and it was pretty dreary yesterday. But maybe we'll see some more later. Anyway, it's going to keep fishing. Finished the second half of the lake. It kind of started spitting down rain, so I didn't really dawdle too long. I caught about another four or five, six fish. Some strong 12-inchers in there. So, finished up, came back just in time to see Blake and Paul head off from camp to go up the mountain before and then did the whole loop around the entire lake. And there's an lo interesting lower lake that's also very shallow and sm much, much, much smaller that had pods of nice-sized cutthroat in it. And it looks like there's another lake up higher here. And then there's the two pothole lakes Blake talked about. So, yeah, there's plenty more fishing to do, but I don't know if it's going to exceed what happened this morning. I had over 30 encounters, and I had had 22-plus fish to hand. Some of them were really strong fish, like, you know, 12s, 13s. The 13s were the prime, prime fish. They were the fattest of belly and the spunkiest of fight. I did catch that 114, maybe pushing 15 in. I didn't get a measure. Oh, we have the returning heroes from attempting the summit walking into camp right this minute. Great, because the fishing was getting boring anyways. Blake, did you attain the summit? No. We got there and it looked horrible. It looked horrible. So we turned around and then, of course, it turned around and then, yeah, nice patches of sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, you're all up in your shorts and t-shirt now. Yeah. Look at that. Must have been beautiful hiking. Yeah, we took an unmarked line up towards Deer Mountain. It was a lot of scree, a lot of steep angle. Got up there, made really good time. What are we, round trip? Probably 220, about 2,000 feet we, we climbed. But we wow. got to the base of it, and it was raining. Eesh. And we decided, probably not worth summoning. You know, you never know when some thunder can brew and lightning can get you. And then, on the way down, it turned bluebird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear. There were some really nice patches of yeah. sunshine there. It was pretty, very pretty. It's amazing how green everything is right now. So much water up here. It is. It's so damp, and normally it's so dry yeah. and easy to find kindling, and now it's uh, I'm having to fight to find kindling yeah, for the yeah. fire. I'm yeah. hoping that this dead pine bough here will I, help do a trick. There's stuff up here, some dead stuff laying that yeah. we can get something going. I trust your eye to find good kindling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got some fire starter too. Yeah, that helps too. I didn't yeah. know where any of that was. Put on my, uh, my camp slippers. Yes, camp slippers are the right right move right now. I don't know. I think the soaking wet boots is the way to go, Paul. So soaking wet boots. Lake Part 3, July 24th, 2021. Well, when after Blake and Paul got back from their hike, we chilled, and then eventually everyone decided they wanted to fish. After hearing about my success this morning, I suppose. So I uh, rigged up a couple rods, and they did their own rigging. Showed them a couple beats, and put an ant on both of them, and they both caught fish pretty darn quick. I actually put on a suspension rig now. Uh, I rigged up my seven and a half foot three weight, which is the wrong rod for it with the suspension rig. 
uh, which is a balloon and then two Prince Nymphy kind of looking things about three to four feet below the balloon and I just got three fish on three casts these beautiful native cutthroats up here this lake only has cutthroats I haven't I thought that there might be some rainbows in here based on the markings that I was seeing from underwater but it just turns out those are really colored up cutthroats they're just really really cool and precious we're on the deep side of the lake the camp side of the lake is the deeper side and there's a, a steep drop off I'd say the drop off takes about it's like maybe 12 feet 8 feet from the bank is where it, it slopes down to the deepest part of the lake and all I'm doing is I'm casting my balloon rig out to where it gets deepest about 12 feet off the shore and letting it sit under that bobber the bobber's doing all the fishing for me it's quite nice I'm fishing right now, in fact, and watching my bobber. It's pretty cool. I mean, bobber fishing, it gets a bad rap, but heck, if it catches fish and it's not bait, why wouldn't you do it? It's cool. Anyways, these fish seem to be taking this size 16 prints pretty good, which is cool. And yeah, gotta replace my fly and get back to it. July 25th, 2021 hike out day. This morning we woke up, we made a game plan, we ate breakfast, we broke camp and we left. At the trailhead to Mount Massive, I said goodbye to Blake and Paul and they went up the mountain, Mount Massive that is, and I carried on and I'm going fishing. And I just completed my first session on Half Moon Creek and it was quite lovely. I got six or seven encounters, fish to hand, where it was like six. They were all beautiful cut throat and cut bows. I might have got one that was full bow. Really super interesting markings on that one. It was cool fishing. It was very tight. So only wearing hiking boots, so it wasn't exactly the best way to fish a very steep stream like that. I would have preferred to have had my hippies. I left those at home. No big deal, I made do. I got casts in at all the prime lies. And I started with a parachute, originally rubber legged, with a red body and a deer hair, maybe Comparadon hair wing and Comparadon tail. And a big old parachute, uh, like a, an Antron parachute post. And that was a really good fly. So that guy got lost on the hook set on a monster and I never felt the weight of the fish. The line just snapped instantly. And I put it right in this tight, I'm telling you, it might've been an inch or two big window, maybe all in all fishable space, three or four inches right behind this rock in a deep plunge. And I just got a really good cast in there, first cast and this, oh, it looked like a 14 incher. Came up and ate it off the surface and I waited an instant, I set the hook. And I think the fish's teeth caught on the hook. And that was that, and that was the biggest fish of the day. Got away, as per usual. That fly was gone, I switched over to a royal wolf with two big hair, calf hair wings. Those were nice. I caught fish on that and a little stimulator. And just really short casts. I did not peel out much line at all. It was a cool little session. Really cool little session. I might have hiked maybe 75 yards of stream. And I went down and crossed across this really cool 
fallen tree that went perfectly across the whole stream, amazingly. And it was a little wobbly in the middle, felt a little unsteady, but caught myself, no problem. It was a cool little section. Just stopped at this pool right next to the road with a fire pit next to it. This pool just looked too tasty to walk by. As soon as I got to the creek's edge, I could see a prime, prime cutthroat in a lie. And I just had on a Chernobyl ant, basically, all black, big foam thingy, which was fun. And I did catch two fish on it. The first fish I saw, I gave a couple good casts to, showed him some good presentations, and just he refused, I think, twice. Same fly. I didn't change flies. I probably could have gotten him if I had changed flies, but I didn't have my kit with me. And I got another little 6-incher, but then I also got a nice little 10-incher that felt like a pool boss, and that was cool, too. And actually, that fish just appeared on the end of my line like I thought it was the end of my drift couldn't see my fly so I was just going to pick it up and lo and behold there was the fish cool I'll take a 10 inch cut bow any day and debarbed my hooks now because they're just you can't touch them these cutthroat as if you touch them they just go insanely crazy and they do not ever calm down in your hands and so they flip flop everywhere and so you're really just better off if you're not going to take a picture of it just hemostatting it out of the a barbless hook out of the fish's mouth while it's in the water. Oh my god, I just spotted another really tasty pool. I might have to go fish. I think we're gonna go fish that pool. Yeah, there's a beautiful rock to fish from into it, and it's a nice deep pool that looks perfect for like a dry dropper. Yeah, gonna go fish that pool. Okay. I went and fished that pool that I spotted while I was recording the last chapter. Hooked into the pool boss up there. It was a nice solid rainbow. It would have been a 12 incher for sure. But it came unbuttoned. I think that I put a dropper on because it had refused the fly once before. And I was fishing the orange stimulator. Because why not? If they're taking it on top, why not fish an orange stimulator? But I put on the Higa's SOS and like a 16, a small one on some 6x to see if uh, the refusal had anything to do with the fly because if it does then a lot of times what a big fish will do is they'll come up and eyeball your top fly and then they'll say nah but this thing over here looks good so I'll take it instead but that fish just needed a better drift and I made the cast and it came up and it was drifting dead drift perfect came up and ate the top fly and could have had something to do with it that there was a dropper underneath it that's why it came unbuttoned but I have some consolation news though because at that point I put on a different fly so I went back down to the first pool I fished where I'd gotten two refusals on the Chernobyl ant before at this point I had rested that fish so I went back to the same casting position and this time with the orange stimmy the fish wasn't in its original lie, it was in the same current, just on the inside of it, as opposed to on the outside. So they got to work a little harder, but it's safer. Yeah, I put a great cast right over his head, he came up, he ate it. It's a nice 11 inch cutthroat trout. Beautiful, beautiful fish. That was a fun little diversion. It is only 10 to 1. 
I have hours left still to fish. So I'm gonna keep hunting for this meadow I think is down here. See what happens then. I'll check back in with you guys after that. I just caught a beast of a brook trout with the dorsal hump and everything. I mean, it wasn't that long of a fish, but it was a deep-bodied, gorgeous color char, you know, brook trout. Unbelievable fish. Came out of this big log jam pool that has this perfect little glide below some this riffle, and it's just it just looks like the perfect spot to pick stuff off the surface. And it's, it requires a downstream drift, but it's not a hard cast. It's not a long cast. It's actually a really close in cast. I just did that three or four times. I think that fish took on the fourth try, the fourth go. I bet there are more big fish in this, in this hole. So let's see. So I continued on with fishing that spot next to the meadow and a, a really big pole off for cars and stuff. And discovered that the stream has turned completely into a brook trout stream. So there must be a ravine up above here somewhere, a waterfall, where the brookies end and the cut bows begin. And having caught the primest of prime brook trout specimens on my first try, oh my god, I don't think I need to keep brook trout fishing. There's a bunch of weather coming in, and so it's more important that I get to the car where I can be safe and warm and dry and get a new pair of socks and Crocs be comfy. Probably got about another two miles here, I think. Maybe less. That could be the end of the fishing for me for today. This weather that looks like it's moving through comes in. There's thunder, so I'm definitely not setting up my pole while there's thunder. We'll just see how the rest of the day plays out. It'll probably pass. Might get another session in by the car. Yeah, so have that to look forward to. Anyways, Misha, out. So yesterday, on July 24th, I fished with Blake and Paul after they got back from their attempt at Deer Mountain. And we did well. They both caught you know, probably five fish in like the first 20 minutes that they were fishing. It was great fishing. Fish kept rising, rising, rising. There was a little bit of a breeze, but it was really great fishing. And then the bite window kind of shut off a little bit. And the wind picked up a little more. Got hard to find the fish because uh, the chop on the water and they just kind of stopped feeding a little bit. It was like three, four in the afternoon. I found a protected spot and I went over and I caught two fish and Paul caught one. Blake caught plenty of fish. We fried up those fish and they were spectacularly good. Lemon pepper and Old Bay applied to them after you drizzle the skin with olive oil and then flip it over and then you put the lemon pepper and Old Bay on it unbelievably good you eat it skin and all i filleted these fish they were delicious unbelievable morsels of just goodness he was not prepared for how good that was going to be and i felt the exact same way ah but we had some other fun times yesterday as well one of the highlights of the trip for sure was rocks which is kind of like bocce just out in the wild and you kind of like play it kind of like pig or we, we play pig or moose or bear um, but you do letters and everyone gets a turn and there's, there's a bunch of complicated rules. Anyways, I found this amazing court for us 
to play on at the outlet of the lake. There was like a low, like a tinier lake and like a little bit of stream in between them. Oh my God, so gorgeous. And we played rock for probably like, oh man, a good hour. It was like five o'clock and we started to get hungry, went back to camp, which I dominated in the first game and they made up rules that knocked me out in the second game. I had some beef about that. All that said and done, we went back to camp and we made more spaghetti. And Blake <laughs> has felt really bad this whole trip because he gave me a 15 pound bag of spaghetti and we put it on top of my pack and my pack was by far the heaviest on the way up. So I don't know, it doesn't seem like a great move to give the Flatlander the heaviest pack, but whatever, we may do, we did fine. I had to drop my pack 200 yards to the lake and Blake went back and got it for me, so he's a champ. I have no, no bones about it. We made spaghetti, then Blake and I decided to go on a hike. I was like, what are we gonna hike? And he nods at this tower over the lake and is like, how about we climb that? He said it real friendly, like real matter of fact, like, I don't know, I, don't, I kinda don't wanna bash, get my head bashed in here, dude. Are you sure it's safe? He's like, yeah. Um, I was like, all right, well, you're the EMS rescue technician, so you know, you'll be the judge of risk on this, and we'll go do it. And we did it. Oh, man. We were up and down that spire in probably an hour. We weren't down, down in an hour. It took us another 20 minutes from the point I'm thinking of. It took about an hour and 20 minutes to go up and down all the way. And we got there at not quite sunset. I want to say we summited like 7 o'clock. I'll have to go back and look. But that was cool. Oh my gosh. We saw a crying cliff and Bubba Fett's helmet. A falcon at the end of it. Super cool. Saw some sheep hoof prints up on the mountain, up on the spire. And that bird, those deer at the very beginning are probably the biggest animals we got the whole time. I think they're just down in lower elevation using the lower elevation habitat because the road is closed. So there's fewer people down here. They could be anywhere. There's so many places they could be. I'm looking at a giant cliff face right now where they could just be hiding and I couldn't, I would have no idea if they were there from this distance. Actually coming right back up to the trailhead here. I see the uh, memorial here to the helicopter crew that lost their lives. Somber. Yeah, I'm here at the trailhead. Well, my hope is to go find meadow fishing down here along the road. I saw a nice meadow that I wanted to fish on the way up, so I'm gonna go find that. Yeah, I think that recaps yesterday. Blake and I played one other game of, of rocks, just a pig on the side of the mountain. Oh, I did wanna tell this story about descending the side of the spire. We came on these big scree fields and Blake showed me that you can just jump into them and you know surf the wave on down. You just ride the scree as it goes down and it's really fun. So he showed me how to do it and I instantly just started doing it. But at, at one point the rocks started to get bigger and it was still kind of scree-like and they were still loose and you could still jump into them. But it petered out really quick and then I decided, oh, okay, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. But I had a bit of a head of steam, so I just kind of wanted to do a couple of jumps to end. I wanted to jump up onto this big rock that I could see in my path. And so I take two, one, two, three steps, and you know, left foot, right foot, left foot, and then I reach with my right foot towards the biggest boulder. And I didn't quite have enough elevation. 
for a second there, it, lo it looked like it was going to be bad. I didn't quite have enough elevation. My foot sort of glances off the side of the rock about halfway up it. I push off of it to the left. I'm going kind of right to left down slope. And I push off this big rock and catch myself with my hands and just stopped myself before face planting into some jagged ass rock. The only injuries I suffered was a bit of a sore knee, but I'm walking on it and it's okay right now. And some very small cuts on my hands and I'm counting myself very lucky to have gotten away with that close scrape. Because that could easily have been broken bone or smashed face or something. Thank God for athleticism. Because that is the only thing that saved me in that moment was athleticism, which is not what you want to have happen. It was a dumb move, which I hope not to repeat. Uh, I took a little ibuprofen yesterday. I'm looking forward to putting some ice on it. Might have a micro tear in my knee, but honestly, it feels really good right now. It's bearing weight just as good as the left one, and I'm just walking down the road now. Got my pack on my shoulders. I feel pretty good. I just want to talk about these cutthroat trout in this unnamed lake that we camped on because they were super cool. A good fish out of there was 13 inches. Best fish I got might have been 14 and a half. I don't think much bigger than that. Long skinny thing with a big head. That's the fish I wish I had harvested. Making room at the top, the other fish will move in and keep growing. It looked like he was on his way out. But these fish were so cool in what their habits were. And the, you could tell that the primary hatch in this lake was midges. And they were like just a tiny little cream and black bodied midge. Teeny, teeny, tiny, like 28s, I want to say. There wasn't no use in imitating them. They got the fish rising all day, and that's why they rose so prolifically, because they had to eat a lot of these things in order to get us some calories. But there was no use fishing a midge when they would just as nicely take just about any other small dry fly that you would throw at them. I really liked fishing an ant, a parachute ant to them with just two body segments and a parachute. Super simple fly that always slays. It did really well up at that high alpine lake. And these fish cruise the bank like inches from the bank, literally on the bank. As they would pluck an insect off of a blade of grass. And I'm sure they have and will continue to do so. They are right on the bank and you could, sometimes when you walk up to a prime bank, you can see five, six fish cruising that bank. It was so cool, so, so cool. And they were gullible and innocent and beautiful, breathtaking colors. In the prime bite window, there would be hundreds of them rising across the whole lake. It was really cool. Don't know if I'll ever get to experience something like that again, honestly. Anyways, Misha out. Hey guys, quick plug for Tidal Potomac Fly Riders Beer Ties. Second Monday of every month, uh, check the tpfr.org website for current details of where we meet. Uh, it's usually um, at, a, at a restaurant uh, where they serve beer, of course. Uh, we get together, we drink beer, and we tie flies. Uh, beer Ties, I've been coming to Beer Ties ever since I moved to the Northern Virginia area, and it is truly a gem. It's one of the most fun things about being an angler in this area is uh, a wonderful anglers group and we get all ages we get all age ranges all genders it's fun uh, and it's a great place to meet a fishing buddy and to you know talk about gear and 
learn about new places to go fishing and just, uh, you know, enjoy some food and enjoy some beer and enjoy some good times. So come on out second Monday of every month to Beer Tie. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.